Hello. Hello. Okay, first of all, I'm going to say real fast, like, because you see me stand behind the podium, does not mean I'm preaching. Just for those of you that was wanting to leave. And there would have been a bunch of you. Okay, all the announcements basically are the same tonight that they were this morning. Prime timers, uh, children's church, youth, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, a couple that I really want to stress to you, anybody here that's new, we are doing new membership now, so, and we would love to have you here. And in reality, it's not that long until we have another business meeting, and we want you to be on the roll so that you can have a say in what goes on in your church. And that is the only way to have a say is to be a member. So I encourage you to absolutely do that. Um, one of the mo probably the most important announcement I have tonight, and I'm, I'm not going to make all the announcements that we had there. They're up there most of the time anyhow. Uh, I really agree with what Brother Marcus said this morning about prayer. He said prayer makes a difference. Yes. I'm going to tell you, and this is not bragging on me, but I start my morning and I end my day with prayer every day. And I'm not saying I'm doing great, but I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> so, and, that, and that's all we can do. So, okay, uh, starting next week, August, okay, starting in August, um, we all appreciate everything that Kim and Clint has done for Children's Church and the youth. But start, starting in August, Stacy's going to take over uh, Children's Church only. Right, the, the children, not the youth. And so y'all be in prayer for her because we plan on that getting to be one of our big departments. And all we have to do to make that a big department is invite people. See how, see how smooth that was? <laughs> I should have been a politician. I can, I can give them a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, y'all be in prayer for her. And say something to Kim, like thank you for all you've done. Because she, she's been doing this for months. And she was doing this as just out of the great love of her heart for kids. So... Um, I don't think we have any more really great big announcements tonight, except got one more, Brother Ron. Let's do offering. And then we'll turn it over to Sister Julie. You guys can go ahead and get on your feet here in just a minute because it's fixing to start. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the day. We thank you, Lord, for keeping us safe, keeping us well, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we study your word and learn that you will bless us with the knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us with the knowledge, the truth, and the understanding of your word as we go, Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you'll bless this offering tonight. Bless it to the goodness of your, of your kingdom and for your people, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, you don't have anything?
of the situations that surround us in this building, God, that you are always in control and you always show up, Father. Father, we expect nothing less than that tonight, God, is for you to show up, Father. Show out tonight, God. Give us a new refreshing. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. said if we would pray and we would seek and humbly lay down at your feet that you would bring us to the place where earth and heaven meet for your glory make us holy so we have come to kneel before your throne 
with faith and confidence in you alone. That you would heal our land and overwhelm us with your hope for your glory. Make us holy and come like the sound of roaring thunder. Cover the earth with signs and wonders. Bring it away. Consume us with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. Bring an awakening. Bring an awakening. We need an awakening. Yeah. The increase of your kingdom has no end. So we, your church, will rise and take our stand. Miracles and life will flow when we reach out our hands for your glory. Make us holy and come like the sound of roaring thunder. Cover the earth with signs and wonders. Bring an awakening. Bring an awakening. Come and consume with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. Bring an awakening, bring an awakening, and come like the sound of roaring thunder. Cover the earth with signs and wonders. Bring an awakening, bring an awakening, and come and consume us with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. Bring an awakening, Bringing awakening, yes. We call out to the broken. We cry out for the hopeless. Commanding those in darkness, come awake, come awake. We liberate the captives. We activate the passive. We scream out to the masses, come awake, come awake. We call out to the broken. We cry out for the hopeless, commanding those in darkness, come awake, come awake. We liberate the captives, we activate the passive, we scream out to the masses, come awake, come awake. And come like the sound of roar and thunder, cover the earth with signs and wonders, bring an with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. Bring an awakening. Bring an awakening. And come like the sound of roar and thunder. Cover the earth with signs and wonders. Bring an awakening. Bring an awakening. And come and consume us with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. Bring an awakening. Bring an awakening, bring an awakening, bring an awakening, we need an awakening, we need an awakening.
Father, we're just going to stand in the gap for those tonight, God. The bridge of that song, just keep playing in us, that's good. We call it to the broken. We cry out for the hopeless. Commanding those in darkness to come awake. Father, we all know those. We all love those people, God. We all have those people in our lives, Father. And we're going to stand in the gap for them tonight, God. We're going to call their name out to you, Father. We're going to petition you, Father, for the Holy Spirit to just fill them, Lord, and draw them closer to you, Father. Father, we ask that in Jesus' name tonight. Your true delights, a beautiful spark in. 
the picture that just kept coming through my mind is the Shekinah glory of God you know when you read in the scriptures when Israel began to turn away from the Lord God's spirit left the temple and it made it went in in, in, in strides it, it first left a certain part and then it left the temple 
before you know it, God's presence left all completely. But when you're in the presence of Almighty God and you're worshiping Him and you love Him and you're, you're focused on Him and you're living for Him, His presence fills the temple. That's what we call the Shekinah glory. I really sense God's presence like we did this morning. Listen, God, we worship you tonight. We honor you. Jesus, we want all of you. Lord, I'm reminded in the scripture where, you know, John said he had to decrease so that you might increase. Father, let us decrease that you might increase. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. You know, there's something to be said about be still and know that I am God. Thank you, Jesus. Since God wants to say something to us tonight, let's just wait in his presence for a second. Understand that in my presence, 
is fullness of joy forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wait on me. Follow my leading. Follow my guiding. Follow my instruction. You will see more than you can imagine because I want, I desire, and I plan on showing myself mighty in you and for you and through you because I am the Lord God of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just raise your hands up to the Lord and just say, yes, Lord. Father, we just say yes. Prepare our hearts to say yes, to be in the right place to receive that. We yield to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen. All right, you may be seated. Oh, boy, God is good, isn't he? All right. Well, um, if you have your Bibles, please open up with me to the book of James. But while you're turning there, I want to read a scripture, and i got to find it here. So James chapter 1, we're in our series called Faith in Motion. We're still on the part called Exercising Our Faith. But I want to read a scripture here that just keeps coming to my heart. And... Uh, read this to you. It's Isaiah 43, 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my Praise. The hardest part for us sometimes is to let go of the past. But Paul, like I mentioned this morning, says, forget the former things and press on towards the goal that is in Christ Jesus and heavenward in Christ Jesus. So just as a reminder tonight, some of these things, let's look forward to what God's doing in our life now. You know, I got a testimony and but one of the things John Wimber said uh, when revival broke out with uh, his church, is he knew revival had come when the people were out doing the works of the ministry right. and uh, leading people to Jesus, going door to door, and and so we got over to Sonic, and I know I had mentioned about eating out, but you know it was hot today, and this was a cooler day of the hot days, but uh, so and I just really sensed let's go to Sonic, so we went over to Sonic, and the young lady Rihanna, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, brought the food to us, and I just, I broke the ice, and I said, hey, Rihanna, do you, do you go to church? And she goes, well, well, no, I don't. I said, I, I'm planning on going back to church. I said, well, do you know Jesus? She goes, no, have you given your life to Jesus? She goes, no, I haven't done that yet. I said, well, do you want to do that? She said, yes, I want to do that. So I explained the gospel to her. Stacy was there. The kids were there. Brianna was uh, there, and, uh, and uh, they all heard it and led her to the Lord this afternoon. So... Uh, yeah, so praise God. As a reminder, when God fills you with the Spirit, 
He's going to give you opportunities for divine appointments. Now, I know that's not in our message tonight, but that's a praise report. So keep her in your prayers. I need to find some material to get to her because I'm going to go over there one of these days and let you know when you get saved, um, it doesn't always get easier. Sometimes it gets more difficult because now you're a target for the enemy. All right, James chapter 1. We're going to read. And uh, I think we ended last week uh, in, in uh, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to recap a little bit of that tonight. I should have bookmarked this. Now i got to go look for it. Um, James chapter 1. Uh, last week we looked at we are bondservants. And we looked at facing trials. And we're going to finish a little bit of that facing trials tonight. So let's start off in verse 2. Um, James chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Another word for perseverance is patience or endurance. Uh, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a flower. For the sun rises with the scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as I share from the book of James tonight, I pray, Father, that we will not only hear, but do as James says, do what it says. Lord, we're all... Uh, we're all believers here that make mistakes and we struggle, but Lord, help us to walk in the truth. Help us to produce fruit that honors you. Again, Lord, open up our hearts tonight. Speak through me as you will, Lord Jesus. I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. Have your way in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. So last week we looked at a bond servant and uh, you know, God's been working in this area to remind us that we are all servants. Remember, the word servant last week meant slave, that Jesus is our master. But it's not the slave that we get. You know, we get this idea of slavery because of what happened in, you know, back in the 1800s and the late 1700s. That's not how it is with Jesus. He doesn't beat us. He doesn't whip us. No, his, his yoke is easy. His burden is what? Light. Light. And so... It, what it is, is I look at it as when I was in the service, uh, we, we were both in the Air Force. And when a commanding officer told you to do something, you did it, right? right? Jesus is our commanding officer. Now, we're co-heirs with Christ. Right. How many of you guys know that you're a co-heir with Christ? Right. Uh, that a co-heir is, hey, I'm going to get the same thing that he has. Now, uh, there is a difference. He is the Son of God, yes. right? But we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. So going on to this, he talks about temptations. We are bond service. Then he talks about facing trials. Remember, this was a church that had been scattered. This was his church. He's writing a letter to them. And he, and he, and he discusses the trials that they're facing. 
And then he says in verse 5, this is the word I want to look at. It's a word of encouragement. When he tells them to consider it pure joy, my brothers, when we face trials of many kinds, he's talking about an encouraging word. Now, when we read it, it doesn't seem that encouraging. I, I mentioned this before. Again, how many of us think that trials are joyful? I don't think any of us are going, woohoo! Trials come, great! What we're looking at is the end result. Are we going to mature in Christ? It, has it made a change in us? It, has it toughened us up a little bit? <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a little allergy issue, so if you hear a little bit of raspiness, Lord, heal my allergies. So James gives a word of encouragement. And he, and he does this. And, and, he, and it says that those trials, again, are to mature us in Christ. But in order to go through a trial, we need wisdom. If you'll, can you guys uh, go on with some of my slides there? Uh, go to the part where it talks about wisdom. Um, wisdom is important in trials because we need to do it God's way. Oftentimes when we go through something, and I've mentioned this already in the last few weeks, and evidently God wants to, to remind you guys of this, is that when we go through trials, God can give you the wisdom to get through that trial. Right. He'll give you the ideas. Let, let, let me give an example. We've been struggling on, okay, do we put our girls in public school or continue to homeschool? We've been praying about it, and God's been speaking to us about it. We went to the Lord with it. And so, uh, you know, last week I was praying and I just kept getting, no, an uneasy feeling. And don't, please don't take this personally about longer of schools. I'm sure they're great and stuff. But God directs and leads our life. Do you understand that? So please don't take it that way. But we were praying about it. I didn't know my wife was talking to the Lord about it. And she was wondering, God, I need an answer. And I came home that night and I said, I think we need to, we need to continue homeschooling. I don't know why, but God wants us to. See, when we were homeschooling, and why am I bringing this up? Because... God laid it on her heart very strong to do that in the beginning. And I struggled with it. And there was a little battle. And finally I said, okay, God, you're in charge. And then COVID hit. COVID hit. We were already prepared. Yeah. We didn't have any problems. So that may not be, be a trial to you, but it's a trial to us. Because we just moved here. We're trying to get adjusted to, uh, to new things and different things. And, and so we'd been praying. And my wife had brought up classical conversations Anybody ever heard of classical conversations? It's a type of a homeschooling, and it's, it's, very, it's a very good program. And so we thought about it. Hey, Lord, uh, we talked about it. It would be a good thing for us to do. We decided to, because uh, we're still trying to go grocery shopping, trying to get everything together. So, you know, again, we've been eating out. I know that's not healthy and good. But we went to that Santa Fe place. Everybody know where that's at? Yeah. <clears throat> And we sit down in there, and there's a young lady with her grandma sitting there. And we spark up a conversation with her. And we find out that she had went to classical conversations. My wife was trying to get a hold of the classical conversations, the person in charge of it. And she'd been trying all day, couldn't get a hold of him. And yet, what did God do? And that girl had all the contacts and, uh, contacts. and her mom was actually a first grade teacher in one of the school districts. And when COVID hit, she put her in classical conversations. And she said, that's the best program I've ever seen in my life. Now we were wondering about finances. How are we going to handle this trial? How are we going to pay for it? Because it does cost money. Well, we had, my dog had injured her shoulder. Now I'm getting into a story. We'll get to the word of God, I promise you. <laughs> She had injured, injured her sh shoulder when she was a puppy. She fell down the steps and, and injured her growth plate. And, in, in, and I'm not sure if it's 
that's the same here as far as the cost of veterinarian clinics, but out there it costs us $1,100 to get her, to get her, uh, get the help that she needs. She almost died. So I borrowed money from my mother. Well, we had already set money aside when we moved to pay my mom back. Well, I get a phone call today, and my mom said, by the way, we don't want you to pay us back that money. Your dad and I had already prayed about it and said that we wanted you to hold off, and we didn't tell you that because we didn't want you to spend it for something else. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? <clears throat> well, we were talking yesterday, how are we going to pay for this? And yet my mom calls today and said, just keep that money you owe us, which is in the bank, and that's going to pay for most of the classical conversation. Wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. You're dealing with somebody in your life. You're dealing with neighbors. Well, I'll give you another story, and I, I know we're getting to this, but these help because this reminds you that when we ask God for wisdom, he will handle it. Yeah. Remember I talked about that dog, our neighbor that had the dog issue and how he killed the chicken. Well, God handled that. We could have taken it into our own hands. Anybody remember that story I shared last week about the dog? Yeah. I wanted to remind you of that because in the past, I wanted to take it into my own hands. I'll be honest with you. This guy's driving 60, 50 miles an hour, and my daughters are there. And what's a dad do? What's the first thing a dad does? Okay, yeah, I hate to say it, but the Christian man goes out the window when it's your kids for some reason. <laughs> and I was upset, but God wanted me to remember to pray for wisdom. So we gathered the girls together, and we prayed for, and within a couple days and a couple weeks, was it a couple weeks, a couple days, something like that, God began to work all this stuff out. So James is speaking to the church here, and he says, listen, you're going through these trials, and it's there to develop endurance in you and to make you stronger and, 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 to, and, and to make you mature in Christ so that you're not lacking anything in your walk with him. That doesn't mean we're not going to lack things in our life, but what it does mean is for those trials that you're going through for that moment, because sometimes we'll go through the same trial in the future. And he says, so if any of you lacks wisdom, verse 5, he should do what? <clears throat> What's the first thing you and I should do when we're in trouble? Ask God. Ask God. But most of the time, I'll be honest, I don't always do that. I go to somebody that I trust or somebody that I can confide in. And I forget about the one that knows all things and can answer all the questions. And then he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, <clears throat> he should ask God, who gives what? Generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Again, exercising faith requires for us to ask wisdom. And exercising our faith requires us to believe God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hold your spot here. This is not my notes. Hold your spot. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Has anybody got a water I can have? Get a water with the allergies I'm... <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> hey, and it's brand new. Thanks, sweetheart. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, we call this the Hall of Faith. The author of Hebrews says, and without what? Faith. faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Without faith, it is impossible impossible to please God. Amen. I mean, it takes faith for you to get saved, right? right. It takes faith for you to get healed. Right. Yeah, I got rights with salvation, but I didn't get so much for the healing part, did I? Right. 
Right? Jesus said, your faith has made you what? Whole or well. So, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, right? And then get this, and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. God is a rewarder. That's what the scripture says. But you get rewarded for doing what? Earnestly what? Seeking him. One of the scriptures I was trying to find is, come to the waters, all who are thirsty, come and drink. The scripture also says that God looks to and fro seeking those who are looking after him or seeking him. Oh, that's a cold one. Thank you. Which one am I going to drink? I'll drink both of them, okay? Wait, didn't you tell me that's not good? I'm looking at Curtis, sorry. We had a conversation about that the other day, sorry. <clears throat> but he says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. So we have to seek God and we have to have faith. And the hardest part, Jesus even says, when I come back, will I find faith on what? On the earth. God requires us to have faith. It takes faith to sit in the chair that you're sitting in right now. It takes faith to drive the car that you drive in. We don't think of it that way, but that's the truth. Many of you have heard that. We need to put our faith into action. In fact, how do we build our faith? Go with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Now, before we read that, the verses before that, verses 9 and 10, and it's up on the screen. He's speaking about salvation, right? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall what? He doesn't say maybe, he says you shall. That means the minute you put your faith, and I was reminding Rihanna that tonight, uh, this afternoon. Hey, if you believed with all your heart and you believed it, Right then, boom, God saved you. And it's not based on what you did, it's based on what he did, and it's based on his word. God's promises are yes and amen. So when you, when you put your faith in God and in his word, he honors it. So faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing. I like the King James Version. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of what? God. The NIV says it this way, consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So you build your faith through hearing the word of God. Yes. Do you know uh, in, in the Old Testament, in Joshua, in fact, these are not my notes, so go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. You know, Moses has just passed away. Now God's uh, <clears throat> promoted Joshua, who now is going to lead around 2 million people into the promised land. 
And he says, be strong and what? Courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Now look at this, verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your, everybody say mouth. But meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So he says right here, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Now, the word meditation there means to speak out loud, to murmur. There's something about the, uh, the, the speaking out of God's word that's powerful. When Satan came against Jesus, remember when you read in Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. When Satan came against Christ, he came in three areas. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. You find that in 1 John. And when he came to him, Jesus defeated the devil by doing what? Everybody say, it is written. written. He used the word of God. He spoke the word. The word meditate means to murmur and speak out loud, but it also comes from the idea, and I've shared this before some of the other churches. I'm I'm not a rancher. I don't know much about cows. Now, I've done some branding before, and that was tough. And, uh, but isn't it true they got four stomachs, right? Two, two stomachs. See, I've already been corrected. You can tell I'm not a rancher, but I do love cowboy movies. So I was watching one the other night. So, but so they have two stomachs. They get the idea from a cow chewing cud and grass. I'm not sure how much nutrients in it, but they say that it doesn't have a lot of nutrients. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, But they chew and they swallow. And my wife loves this word. They regurgitate it. Right? Right. The whole idea that's, that's, That's the Hebrew understanding of it. So when we meditate and speak on God's word and we listen to the word, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, right? Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Guess what you're doing? You're chewing God's word. You're pondering it. You're thinking about it. You're murmuring about it. You're talking about it. And then this happens. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. See, I love it when God takes over and I don't even go with my notes. Look at verses 1 and 2. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that even goes for trials, like James is talking about. Wisdom, remember? We need wisdom. And where do we get wisdom? From the word of God. How do we build our faith to believe God, to give us the wisdom from the word of God? The Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the Word, and you begin to grow. Yeah. I think it's in uh, first Corinthians, Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter three, what Paul says: uh, "You're not able to eat meat yet; you're still drinking milk." How many Christians are still drinking milk? Uh-huh. 
I mean, we would laugh if a grown man came in here in a diaper, drinking a bottle. See, even my daughter's laughing. But we have a lot of Christians that are still doing that. Right? How you grow is through the Word of God. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. The word transform, how many of you guys know that? It means metamorphosis. Right. It's where we get that word. It means, uh, you know, and I've shared this a couple of weeks ago. It, it's like when a butterfly, from what I understand, a butterfly does, a caterpillar goes in there, it, gets, it makes a cocoon, and it literally turns to like a liquid. Yeah. And it reforms. Yeah. It changes. Yeah. God wants to do that with you and I. Go with me into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Again, we're still talking about trials, wisdom for trials. I'm, I'm trying to bring this all around. Remember, you need to believe that God will answer you and give you wisdom for the problems that you're facing. Yes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 23. Verses 23 and 24, he says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So God talks about sanctification. Sanctification means set apart. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, He has sanctified forever those who are being made holy. So when you get saved, you're set apart for God. But guess what? He's still making you holy. That means he's sanctifying you. He's still setting you apart for his purposes. So he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. How many of you guys need some sanctification in your life? Amen. Right? May your whole spirit. I love how he starts. He says your spirit first. May your whole spirit. And then he says, look, your soul. How many of you know that your soul is made up of your mind, emotion, and will? Yeah. Mind, your thoughts, your emotions, right? How many of us have emotional breakdowns sometimes? Sure. It's Christmas time, you're shopping. Somebody takes your spot. <laughs> That's an emotional breakdown, right? Our emotions. Those things have not been redeemed. What's this have to do with believing God for wisdom? Because a lot of times we let our emotions get in the way. We let our thinking get in the way. We, we let all this stuff get in the way instead of saying, God, I'm going to believe you that you're going to give me wisdom to handle this situation. Remember, again, these guys were being persecuted. They've been scattered throughout the nation. They've, been, they've left their homes. You leave everything that's familiar to you and you go somewhere else and you have to live somewhere else. That alone is tough on you because yes. we're creatures of habit. I've shared this on that one Sunday morning. Where are y'all sitting? Are y'all sitting in the normal spot you sit? Yeah. So we're creatures of habit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know in, in, in Abernathy, <laughs> guess where we sat? Because <laughs> we're creatures of habit. Right. Change is difficult for us. So God wants to sanctify us, and he does that through the word. And your faith is built. In order to believe God that he's going to give you wisdom, you have to build your faith. Right. So let's go back to James. 
Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? I'm sorry we're not going with a lot of the, the notes up ahead. So, James chapter 1, verse 5, again, he says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not, what? Doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all he does. So the minute we pray to God, we should say, God, I, I, I don't understand how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to get it done. But I'm going to believe you for the wisdom to get, it, get through this. I'm going to believe for you to make a breakthrough or to come to my aid. Then he says in verse 9, look at this. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. Now, I want to read the New Living Translation because it's a little bit under, better to understand. It says, believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. I've always said that I've never seen a U-Haul go to a funeral. Most of the time when you start getting older, you start getting rid of your stuff, right? You can't take it with you. Everything that we have comes from the Lord anyways. So if God has provided for you already, will he not provide for you now? If you're going through a difficulty, will he not take care of you through that difficulty? Do you see, that's where wisdom comes in and that's where believing. God, I'm going to believe that you're going you're gonna to make all this work out for my good. God works all things out for the good of those that love him and are called according to his, his purpose. He works all things out for the good. Now, when you're going through it, it doesn't seem like it's good, does it? But, when he, but at the end of it, you look back and you go, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why I was going through all that. It's easy for us when we're in the fog to go, God, where are you? But when we come out of the fog and we look back, we go, Wow. That was God. Amen. It's like in an airplane. Anybody ever been up in an airplane? Do you know, I, I've always had that thought, man, we look like ants. We do. God's got his own little ant farm. <laughs> My wife's shaking her head. But he cared enough for us to send his son to die for us. Yes. When you're from a, in a plane, you can see ahead and behind and everywhere. But when you're in a car, you can't see as far as you can when you're up in that plane. God sees a whole lot farther than we do. Right now, if you're in that car and you feel like God doesn't care, he knows exactly where you're at. And he's going to work all things out for your good. Because he loves you and you are called. That word called means salvation according to his purpose. So going back to this... Um, verses 9 and 10. He says, But the one who is rich should take pride, in verse 10, in low position, because he will pass away like a flower, wildflower. Verse 11, For the sun rises with the scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Which basically means that one of these days we're all going to take our last breath. I've always told everybody, we all have the same appointment. It's just a matter of when mine comes up. Right. So are you living for yourself or are you living for the Lord? Right. Amen. We are all stewards of what God has given us. Yes, we are. 
And one day we're going to be as believers. Let, let me share something real quick. As a believer, you're, you don't have to fear the great white throne judgment. Do you understand what that is? The great white throne judgment is at the end of the millennial reign of Christ when all those throughout history were held in hell because they rejected God. They are going to be thrown into the lake of fire and they're going to be judged according to several books. But for the Christian, we're going to come before what they call the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to be rewarded. We're not going to be judged for what we did wrong because that's under the blood. Right? right? But you're going to be judged for what you did for the Lord and with what motives. Did I do this to please myself? Did I do this to make myself look good? Or did I do this to please the Lord? So we all have to check our motives. So we're going to be judged for those things. Go with me real quick, if, we, if you don't mind. We have a few more minutes here. Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. And we should have that up on, is that up on our notes up there? Look at Matthew chapter 25. Look with me in verses 13 through 30. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 after that. Matthew 25, and I, I, I put 13 in there for a reason. He says, therefore, and he's talking about the 10 virgins, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour, right? The Lord could come at any moment. Wouldn't that be great if he came right now? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a great church service? Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. God has entrusted gifts, talents, and abilities to each of us. Amen. All of us. You all have gifts and talents. And it doesn't end. His, his, it says his gifts are irrevocable. The gifts and calling are irrevocable or without repentance. That means God doesn't change his mind. Once he gives you a gift and a calling, it's yours until you go home to be with Jesus. Right. We had a gentleman up in Abernathy, male. He was a pastor, a lot smarter than me. He was like a scholar. Some of the books I have in my office, I, I, he, I, his wife gave them to me. He had a massive stroke at 49 years old. Half his brain is gone inside. And yet, you know what he did? He would take envelopes, tithe envelopes, and fill up the pews until he got to a point where he couldn't walk. He may not have been able to preach anymore, but that preached sermons right there. Because yeah. that's being a steward that's still working, doing things as unto the Lord. Verse 15, to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to, one, to another one talent, each according to his what? Ability. That means God's gifted all of us. He's all given us a certain ability to do certain things. I am not a mechanic. My dad is. I, can do, I am mechanically inclined to some point. I can figure things out. But when you start talking about motors and engines and stuff like Jonathan said the other day, it went like this. And when my dad talks to me about it, it goes over my head. Some of us have different abilities and gifts. Verse 16, the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. 
The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of how many? Many things. Notice they do the same. The guy that got the five, the guy that got the two, God says, I'm going to put you in charge of many things. So don't go, well, God, you're blessing that guy more than you are me. It's easy to do that as a pastor. Let me share something with you real quick. In pastor, when I've gone to network conferences and, and pastor's meetings with other pastors, pastors have a bad time sometimes of comparing. Yes, they do. we got to remember we work for one and we're going to be rewarded for faithfulness. Not how many people are in our church, right. not how big our church is, right. not what we're doing. And that goes for you too. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Right. You yes. be faithful to God yes. and he will honor you for that. Yes. Look at verse 23. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man who had received the one talent came to master. He said, I knew that you were a hard man. First of all, he didn't recognize who Jesus really was. He saw him as a hard man. Do you see God as a hard God? No. Or do you see him that he loves you? Yes. You have a, this man had a wrong perspective about God. I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has the will will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guys, when any time you in scripture, when you read that weeping and gnashing teeth, I, I get so irritated with some of these commentaries. Some of the commentaries, if you don't know what a commentary is, you know, the little things, sayings at the bottom of your book, and you got these books, and they tell you things. The ones that don't like that, they'll say, oh, well, that doesn't really mean hell. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Jesus says that he, and I'm not here to scare anybody, but it's the truth. If we do things with the wrong motives, and we don't serve God with a right heart, First of all, you've got to wonder if you had a right heart in the first place because he, he mentions him as being a hard man. What's he going to do? He's going to take you and cast you out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It, that, that's what you, those are red letters. Yeah. <laughs> those aren't Marcus's words. No. Those are Jesus's words. Yes. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. We've got a little bit of time here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I should not have drank two bottles of water before I came. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's my wife. She's so embarrassed by me sometimes. I just speak what I say. That's called open mouth, insert foot. I... All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 1. There's division going on in the church. And this, we have a problem here in the United States with celebrity mentality, even within the church. Yeah. We put people up on pedestals. Listen, we're all a team here. Even the, I, I'm not up on a pedestal. I have my struggles. Just come home with me for a day. We, we all have our issues. This is a team. My job is to equip you to go out and do works of service. But it's a team thing. 
No one position's better than another. We've done this in America. We've put people up on pedestals. So Paul's addressing this issue, and, and Paul had a lot of issues. The Corinthian church had a lot of issues. You think churches today have issues? They had a lot of issues in the church then. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food. For you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For one says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Paulus. Are you not mere men? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. But God, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes it grow. Again, I'm nothing. Right. We're nothing. It's God. That's right. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. I love that. Paul never puts the emphasis on himself. He always puts emphasis on God. And it's his church. It's his field. That's why we got to remember this is his church, yes. right? Yes. It belongs to him. He planted it. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at this. Verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an, excellent, ex, an, as an expert builder. And someone else is building up, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, notice the word day is capitalized there. He's speaking of the judgment seat of Christ. The day will bring it to light. It will be re revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So, proper perspective. James is dealing with a lot of issues. He's dealing, one, with trials of the church, asking God for wisdom, and then he's reminding those in the church not to lord that over other people. Right. Look, I've got money. You don't. Look how great I am. Right? right? It's not about that. It's about helping one another. Yeah. Right. This is the body of Christ. And we're going to be judged for that. I got one more scripture if, we, if you don't mind. Go with me to 1 Timothy and we're going to close. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look with me in verses 6 through 15. This is, a, we call these the pastoral epistles. The apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, a young pastor who, Timothy, who Paul led to the Lord. And, and he says this in verse 6, but godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and they trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Let me stop there for a minute. I, I, I was uh, reading an article about how many people have won the lottery and then gone broke. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a high st statistic. People that win the lottery and they get billions of dollars. And even when they invest it, they end up going broke. And a lot of times it ruins relationships. Because they, all, their, all their family members come out of the woodworks. <laughs> right? And then he says, verse 10, For the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is a root of all, all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee. The idea of flee means to run as fast as you can. Get away from, like, like Joseph did with Potiphar's wife. But you, man of God, flee from all this. Pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command. Notice he calls it a command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, who no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. You know there's a rapture scripture in here until his appearing. That word appearing is different than that second coming, by the way. That's just a sermon in a sermon. But Paul, Paul gives a charge. So when we got to go back to James. When James is talking, but I hope I didn't jump around too much. Everybody's staying on track here. Yeah. We're still talking about James. James is talking about your position in life. In your position in life, God puts you there. God gave you the job that you have. He gave you the property. By the way, your property doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. Right. Everything belongs to him. The clothes that we're wearing belongs to him. It, it, we're stewards of what he's given us. Our kids. God's had to remind me, my kids, they don't belong to me, really. They belong to him. Yes, we're stewards of everything that we have. And like James, let's use it for God's glory. Yes, amen. So, you're in a trial, pray. You're lacking faith, begin to read the word. Listen to the word. Hear the word, and God will build your faith. Yes. Ponder the word. Think about the word. Meditate on the word. Ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to you. Yeah. And then remember, we're going to be rewarded for what we do for Jesus on this yeah. earth. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed here tonight. Does that describe you tonight? Maybe, maybe you're going through a trial. And I'm just going to say a quick prayer for you tonight. Because sometimes, you know, God can work in short periods of time as much as he can in long periods of time. Are you going through a trial tonight and you need to be reminded that God loves you? He sees everything. He sees the complete and total outcome. Right now, what you're looking at may seem like it's a dark heel. You may even feel like you're going through a, the darkness and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But just remember, God sees it and he works all things out for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Maybe you need wisdom tonight for the trial that you're facing. God can give it to you tonight. Or maybe you need to be reminded of that God's given you abilities and gifts. And he's given them to you until you take your last breath. God used Moses when he was 80 years old. It's a reminder that God's not done with us until we go home to be with Jesus. 
If that's you tonight for any of those things and you want me to just pray real quick, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Anybody going, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Father, I just pray, Lord, for those that are going through a difficulty tonight and your word, it's your word that ministers to them. I pray, Father, that you said your word not, will not return back to you void, but it will go out and accomplish what it was meant to do. You shared this with them tonight, Lord that you love them and you got their best interest at heart and you're going to see them through this. You said you're the author and finisher of our faith. You who began a good work and will complete it. God, I pray that you would help them with whatever's going on. Give them the wisdom on how to face these trials. Show them what to do. Send people their way. Give them divine appointments. Lord, send others to encourage them. And Father, I pray for those, all of us tonight, that we would share our gifts and our abilities to honor and glorify you. Help us to do the best that we can with what you've given us because we know one day we're going to have to give an account for it. We thank you for this wonderful night in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for coming tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll try to stick to the scripture a little bit more uh, on James, the book of James next week. But uh, love you. God bless you. If you need prayer, I'm here to pray with you.